Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are getting you ready for the big holiday weekend. Hope everybody is doing well. And today I wanted to reflect back on something that I thought that I would never see. And I mean never. And that is an empty arena in Sacramento where the Sacramento Kings play, apathetic fans. And again, I thought that I would never witness what I am today. But first, I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. For your plumbing needs and repairs, New Works has a fix for you. They are available around the clock 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. They will take care of all of your plumbing issues. Thank you to those that have emailed me and hit me up on social media about New Works Plumbing. I'm very happy to hear that. I love the fact that they have been with me from day one. They are awesome. Locally owned in Sacramento for over 20 years. Check out newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. The Kings, after the loss last night in San Francisco to the Warriors, are not among the top 10 teams in the West. They are 13 and 19, and it appears that once again, the Sacramento Kings are on their way to another failed season. As I talked about just a moment ago, something that I thought that I would never see, and that is an empty arena. What is going on in Sacramento right now, to me, is beyond sad. It is so awful for the city of Sacramento, for the surrounding area, and for so many Kings fans that have been with this franchise from day one. And there are those that have been with this franchise from day one. I'm not one of them. Uh, I did not move to Sacramento till 1987. The Kings relocated from Kansas City in 1985. And the 10,333-seat building, I had the uh, just the distinct pleasure of watching games in that building when I moved to Sacramento as the sports director for Channel 31. Uh, it's such a shame that uh, the vast majority of people never got a chance to see the 30 for 30 that was done uh, and directed by Jason Hare. 
Uh, I did get a chance to see it on multiple occasions. There are those that have because it documented the Kings moving here from Kansas City and the euphoria in this community and what it was like to be a Sacramento Kings fan. I had come from the Champaign, Illinois area. I had covered the Big Ten for three years before I moved to Sacramento. So I knew about fan excitement. I knew about the uh, just the, the, the great atmosphere at games because when I was at Illinois, Lou Henson was the coach. Uh, they were nationally ranked. Bobby Knight was at Indiana. Gene Cady at Purdue. And I can, I can go on and on. I mean, it was great. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I thought that when I came to Sacramento, I would not ever see that again. And I, because I, I had no idea what I was getting into when I moved to Sacramento. I didn't know anything about the Kings. As a matter of fact, I couldn't name you one player on the Sacramento Kings until I looked at their roster and I saw that they had Bruce Douglas, who I had just covered in Illinois, the young point guard who played for Lou Henson. But I didn't know anything about Sacramento. I didn't know anything about the Kings. And I was just like, man, I can't believe that I'm going to leave this atmosphere of the Big Ten, although I was super excited to go west, don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking about from a sports sense. The atmosphere at Big Ten basketball was just incredible. And then the first time I went to a Kings game at that Arco One, I was like, wow, this is even more electric and a better atmosphere than I just witnessed in the Big Ten. I had never seen anything like it. And one of the first stories or among the first stories I ever did as it related to the Sacramento Kings was when they put individual game tickets out for sale and me and my photographer went out to the uh, old Arco and did a story of fans that had been waiting in line for two and three days. They had sleeping bags, they had chairs, they had tents. Think about that, okay? Fans were willing to sleep in line outside the box office for two and three nights when individual game tickets went on sale and then of course Greg Lukenbill they started building the new arena and I lived in Natomas and used to love watching the construction and Greg Lukenbill would take us inside as the arena was being constructed and I remember walking in there with the construction helmets on and just seeing it all come together and trying to envision what that would be like but nobody could envision what that 17,000-seat building was going to be like because it became the number one building in the NBA. All the players in the NBA couldn't wait till they got to Sacramento because they said it was the best atmosphere in the NBA. Best atmosphere in the NBA. Think about that for a minute. The Sacramento Kings, who were a horrible team, they made the playoffs when they originally moved from Kansas City in the first year. They got swept by Houston. And they didn't make the playoffs again until Gary St. Jean and Mitch Richmond played the Sonics in the first round of the playoffs, the number one seed against the number eight seed. And Sacramento won game two up in Seattle, beat George Carl's team and Ray Allen and Gary Payton. And game three at Arco, the first playoff game in that building, to this day is one of the greatest, most electrifying crowds that I've ever been in. Nothing like it. And you can talk to any player that played in that arena that night And they will tell you the same thing. And if you talk to any fan that was in that arena for that game, they'll tell you the same thing. That there was nothing like being in that building, that electricity, that environment, in that playoff series. And as these days went on and these years went on, you had the lockout in 98. That's when Jeff Petrie had given Vladdy Divac a six-year deal. I traded Mitch Richmond for Chris Webber, drafted Jason Williams. 
And overnight, overnight, the Kings became the darlings of the NBA. What do I remember about that period of time from a fan's perspective? You couldn't get tickets to go see the Sacramento Kings. If you were lucky enough to get tickets, you were like just beyond grateful. You were excited. Anytime somebody did a nice gesture to you, if you want to really thank them, you wouldn't give them money. You would give them Kings tickets. You would say, hey, would you like my tickets for the game tonight? And that was better than money. That was like, I mean, that was the thing. To be at the game, at Arco, it didn't matter who they were playing. There was going to be standing room only, and it would be wall-to-wall people. And the buildup for the excitement during the game, or during the day for the game, was incredible. And I had some amazing experiences, obviously, as the announcer on TV But I'll never forget when Mike Breen, Mike Breen came up to me in the early 2000s. And after the game, I was on the floor with Mike. And he said, listen, do me a favor, would you? I said, sure. He goes, hey, if you ever get sick and you can't do some games, could you have the Kings call me? Because I will fly all the way out here just to work the games in this environment. There's nothing like this in the NBA. Now think about that for a minute. That's Mike Breen the TV voice of the New York Knicks and, of course, ABC and ESPN asking me if I were to get sick, could we call him so he could come out and do games because that's how much he loved the environment. Marv Albert told me the same thing. Marv Albert, how about that? Think about all the great games that Marv Albert has done. I had just the amazing experience Marv had had to do a post game and make a long story short, he missed the bus going back to the hotel. And he asked me, you know, if I go that way, I said, yeah, I'll take you. And it was one of those nights where you can't see your hand in front of your face because of the thick fog. What do they call it? The Thule fog. And I remember walking out to my car with Marv Albert. And I remember getting in the car and you couldn't see anything, but I obviously had been in that arena hundreds of times in the parking lot. And I'll never forget Marv going, can you see where you're going? I'm like, no, but I do know where I'm going. And Marv was freaking out. He could not believe it. He, he said, this is just unbelievable. And of course, that is the worst area in all of Sacramento when the fog hits. That North Natomas area near the airport. And anyway, so Marv and I are talking as I get ready to drop him off at the Hyatt Regency downtown about the fan base, the environment, the excitement. And how lucky we were in Sacramento to have that type of an atmosphere. So those are the things that I remember. I remember that being a Sacramento Kings fan was something that you were proud of. And that if you had a chance to go to a game, you cherished it. You understood that it didn't matter whether you were sitting close to the venue, meaning the floor, or you were upstairs. You were one of the lucky 17,000 plus that had a chance to cheer on the Kings in the number one environment in the NBA. And it didn't matter who you talked to around the league, the stars of the league or the 12th men in the league, they all loved when they got a chance to play a game in Sacramento. And if you talk to the players that played in Sacramento during the 80s, the 90s, and that era, and you ask them the best place to play in Sacramento, even when the team stunk, they will tell you Sacramento. Go talk to Ed Pinckney. Go talk to Danny Ainge. 
Go talk to Spud Webb. Go talk to any of those players, Eddie Johnson. Go talk to Joe Klein. Go talk to any of those players that played on multiple teams, including the Bulls when they won championships or the Suns when they were really good. Go talk to Charles Barkley. Go talk to Shaq. Go talk to players that used to love playing at Arco Arena because of the fans, because of the environment, and because of the electricity. That's what I remember. And as we move through the new century and go through the 2000s and we say goodbye to Rick Adelman, and we also say goodbye to the playoffs, but the fans were still there, and the fans endured a threat of a move and losing their franchise. I remember going on the radio every day and basically begging the fans to buy tickets because they didn't want to support the Maloose anymore. And I said, you're not supporting the Maloose by buying tickets. You're supporting the Kings. And by you buying tickets, you're showing the NBA that you are all in, that you're on board, that you haven't given up on the franchise. And you know what? A lot of the fans did that. And a lot of the fans came together in the grassroots efforts and the playing the wind tour and everything else, all right, to help keep the Kings in Sacramento. Without the fans' involvement, without their amazing support, without their overwhelming show of unity, I don't think the Kings would be in Sacramento. Mayor Kevin Johnson, David Stern, they all saw what was going on in Sacramento. And David Stern was going to do everything in his power to keep the Kings in Sacramento. And it started, first and foremost, with the loyal fan base. David Stern realized that you don't take a team away from a city with such a strong, loyal fan base. Without it, the Kings wouldn't be in Sacramento. Because the one thing that David Stern never had to worry about was that fans would stop going to the games in Sacramento. That was just unthinkable. There's just no way that's going to happen. Kings fans have shown that they go to the games when the team stinks, and they've shown that they go to the games when the team is really well. Rest his soul, David Stern. I'm grateful that he hasn't seen what's going on in Sacramento in this day and age, because I can tell you that David Stern, in my opinion, would step in and do something about this. David Stern would be working behind the scenes to fix the problem in Sacramento. Never thought that I would see at the end of 2021, and yes, you can blame some of it on the pandemic, but just a little, because there are many venues across the United States that are sold out every single night. So, you know, you can use that as an excuse, partly, but just a very little excuse. The Sacramento Kings fans have basically raised their middle finger and said, we're done. Until you show us that you know how to run a basketball team, until you show us that you know what you're doing, we're not giving you our money anymore. The last several weeks of home games and the empty arena has been something that I thought I would never witness. The apathetic fans thought I would never see that in Sacramento. Think about everything we've been through as a fan base. And if you were there from 85 or you were there from 95, or 2005, you understand what I'm talking about. Not wanting to go to games. Brand new state-of-the-art arena. Beautiful arena. I think it's among the top two or three in the entire league. It's fantastic. It's great. They did a marvelous job. Vivek Ranadive, 
coming out and saying that this is your team and we're here to stay. Well, I don't know if it's the Kings. I don't know if it's the fans' team anymore. I don't know whose team it is. What I do know is what has transpired over the last couple of years is as tragic and as unacceptable as just about anything that I've seen in sports in a long time. Because the reality, in my opinion, and you may disagree, but this is my opinion, is that the owner of the Sacramento Kings, Vivek Ranadive, who came riding in on his white horse, and we will never forget him for that, for being there when the commissioner and the city of Sacramento needed him, and he stepped up and he was there. And for that, we will be forever grateful. But that was years ago. That was a long time ago. And that honeymoon has long since passed. And now, Vivek Ranadive, in my opinion, has done a horrible job as the owner of the Sacramento Kings. He has made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. In my opinion, he has his priorities completely misplaced in terms of being an owner of an NBA team. There are times where I think the Kings organization is more concerned and happier with awards that they get off the court instead of for what they achieve on the court. I think it's turned the fans off. The complete lack of direction, the constant firing of coaches and general managers and other good employees, the fans are like, we are done. You need to do better. There's no accountability. There appears to be no direction. The team has, at many instances, plays without heart, plays without passion. And then there are games when you go, wow, this team could be pretty good, but it's few and far between. And you have fans booing that do go to the games. But an empty golden one center before we even hit 2022. And where has the owner of the Sacramento Kings been? Why no statement? Why no public press conference? Answer questions. Tell the fans what the plan is. Tell the fans why you are going to run the team differently than you have since you purchased it. If there's a fan base in sports that deserves that, it's the Sacramento Kings fans. It absolutely pains me to no end to see what's going on at Sacramento. Because regardless of what happened to me for saying all lives matter, every single one, I will always love the fans of Sacramento. They are top shelf. They are the best. They are loyal. And they are so much deserving to see a team that they can be proud of. Isn't that the word proud? Don't you want to be proud of the team you root for? How could anyone be proud of this team and this franchise and their direction that appears to be headed always the wrong way? I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. We don't even know if we're going to be able to have the completion of a season with the daily increase as it relates to the Omicron variant and the cases going up not only in the United States but around the world and the National Hockey League yesterday announcing that they are breaking early for Christmas, that they are shutting down their league for a couple of days after they had made the announcement that there would be no traveling across the border for teams to go play in Canada and vice versa. So you're seeing that already in the National Hockey League. You're seeing the NFL, I believe, yesterday had the most COVID cases at any time during the year or during the pandemic 
The NBA is in a situation where they are doing everything possible to have full rosters. But if you think about where we were just a week ago and where we are today, my question is, what's it going to be like one week from today? What's it going to be like when we turn the calendar over to January? Are we going to look back and go, gee, remember two weeks ago when we thought things were bad and it was nothing and now look at it? So I don't really know what's going to happen the rest of this season. But what I think I'm pretty sure in stating is that someone's not coming by with a magic wand and turning the Kings into an overnight sensation the way Jeff Petrie did in 1998. I don't think that is happening. And yet, as we hit the new year, my wish would be for fans to get re-energized with this franchise to find the passion, but I wouldn't. If I'm a season ticket holder, I wouldn't I wouldn't be paying my money to go watch this team play. I would not be paying my money and put it in the pockets of Vivek Ranadive until he shows me that he's willing to change the way he's going to run this team, that he needs to make better decisions and that he needs to be hands-off and let the people do their job and that he has to admit that as he is a sports fan and he is a genuine sports fan, that's where it starts and ends. He's a fan That's it. He's not an expert. He doesn't know more than the coach. He doesn't know more than the general manager. Quite frankly, he doesn't know more than the majority of the fans to go to the games and pay the money to go sit in those seats at the Golden One Center. Things have to be done differently. And again, it pains me to no end to see the empty arena and all of the people that work in that building, the ushers, the concessionaires, the security people, and it's such a shame. It's such a shame because the domino effect to the city of Sacramento that invested so much in this basketball team, invested so much to keep this franchise here in Sacramento. What do you think about if you own a business in downtown and you're in Doco or you're in the surrounding blocks with restaurants and bars and you were expecting to have 17,000 people for all the home games and now maybe you get 6,000? And the effect that that has on your business on the heels of what was an awful period of time during the height of the pandemic, which we may be re-entering. It's a bad, bad look. It's a bad look. So I just wanted to reminisce here because we're going through something that I thought we would never, ever go through. And it's time for one individual to come out and say, you know what, I've done this wrong and I'm going to change that what I have done as owner of the Sacramento Kings has not worked, and I am either going to sell the team or I am going to run the team differently, and this is how I'm going to do it. I ask for your faith. I ask for your trust. And here's my plan, point A, point B, point C, point D, point E. Here it is. And you won't see me at the games, really, because I'm going to be away a lot. I'm going to take a step back. I'll be watching, but I'm going to do things differently. And I'll tell you something else that I wish. If and when this team is sold, I really hope that there is an owner of this franchise that lives in Sacramento. Because since Greg Lukenbill, we had Jim Thomas, who lived in L.A. and never stayed in Sacramento, did not understand Sacramento. The Maloofs were Vegas boys 
And to their credit, Joe and Gavin did buy a house in Sacramento. And to their credit, they did spend a lot of time in Sacramento. But they still, to my, in my opinion, it took them too long to truly understand the Sacramento community. And it really wouldn't have mattered anyway because the Kings were so good for the most of their ownership that the place was going to be sold out anyway. But to the Maloof's credit, they did try to make themselves Sacramentans as much as they could, and they did spend a lot of time in Sacramento. For that, I give them credit. I give them credit. Vivek Ranadive has a place at the Sawyer Hotel, but he comes and goes. He's a Palo Alto guy. He lives on the peninsula. And I just think if we are going to look into the future, whenever that day may come, my wish is that the next owner of this franchise for whenever it becomes for sale has roots in Sacramento, understands Sacramento, and can be a face for the people in Sacramento. It takes a long time. It took me a long time to learn how Sacramento works, to learn the history. I moved here in 1987, and it took me quite a while to truly get a feel for the community And what it's all about. And I would say Sacramento is a different community. I can't really put it into words. But once you live there long enough, you get it. It's just kind of like a light switch. I'm like, oh, okay, I now get it. All right? And if you don't live in Sacramento and you're going to own a team and you're going to fly in and out, in and out, in and out, you don't really understand the community the way you need to. And that would be my next wish. If and when there's new ownership with the Sacramento Kings. I just think that is so damn important. And I hope that that happens. So I've been going on and on about this, but I wanted to get this off my chest and let you know that I read all the comments on my social media page, my YouTube channel, and all the comments are pretty much the same. I mean, every single day I'm getting comments from people. I'm done. No more. I can't do it. I can't even watch the games. It's awful. Not going to the games. I'm not using my tickets. Can't give my tickets away. You should see the comments. Just take, go to my YouTube channel on any of my Sacramento Kings rants. There are many of them. And just go peruse through the comments and look at what the fans are saying. They're not making it up. Fans are in disgust. They're apathetic. They're done. And who would have ever thought that we would ever say that in Sacramento. Whoever thought that we would make a comment in Sacramento as it relates to the Kings, that the fans just don't care anymore. They've been driven away. The fans have been driven away. How shameful and awful is that? And yes, COVID does take a little of the blame, but the mismanagement, The franchise going woke. All of these things have driven fans away. And the only thing that remains constant is the losing. Year after year after year after year after year. An entire generation not seeing the Sacramento Kings in a playoff game. And what an absolute tragedy that is. And I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. Sacramento Kings fans, you deserve better. It is now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here 
on the podcast. Bryce wants to know, after canceling all these games, how does the NBA avoid a bubble? I don't see the NBA being able to do a bubble. It takes too long. Uh, the players don't like it. Uh, it's too expensive. I got to tell you, Bryce, I will be very, very surprised if the NBA tries to do a bubble again. Steven wants to know, could the NFL postpone the playoffs? They could. Absolutely. I mean, think where things have, as I said during my podcast a couple of moments ago, think where we were a week ago and where we are today. I could absolutely see any scenario being played out. Yes, I could see it being postponed. I could see a lot of different things occurring. Duncan wants to know, what sport do you expect to be impacted most by COVID this season? Well, so far it's hockey. I mean, there's no question so far it's hockey, and part of that has to do with all the teams up in Canada. The restricted travel. They're already on Christmas break. They're taking off for a couple of days. Uh, that, to me, is going to be the sport most impacted. I think the NBA will be second. Uh, Mike wants to know, how do you think players are going to handle the new NBA COVID rules? They don't have a choice. I mean, I hate to say it, but they don't have a choice. If they want to work and they want to get paid and they want to play, they have to follow the new rules, which, by the way, has been collectively uh, bargained. Do you think uh, Mark Kotze will be a good manager for the Ace? I hope so. He's got a long way to go to beat Bob Melvin, though. I do like they stayed in-house. I think that's good. But uh, Bob Melvin going to San Diego for the Oakland A's, that's a big loss. That really is. Uh, David wants to know, what's your take on the new NBA replacement player rules? You know what, David? I think it's great. The NBA is trying to figure out a way to keep their season alive, trying to get their teams to not postpone games. So I I think it's good. I really do. Jake wants to know, do you think the NHL will continue cross-border travel after the holiday like they're saying? No, I don't. I think it's going to change because of the rate of the cases that's going up. I don't understand it personally. I don't know why it makes a difference. I really don't. I don't understand why a professional team on a chartered aircraft getting on private buses, going to a hotel and staying all on the same floor. I don't see what I don't I don't know what difference that makes. I really don't. I don't understand it at all. I really don't. All right, let's get to Tim. Do you agree with George Kittle that Trent Williams is not respected enough? Well, you know, he's an offensive tackle. Uh, I've always felt Trent Williams is one of the best tackles in football. Of course, you know, his long holdout, if you want to call it that, with Washington didn't help. But uh, no, I don't agree with that. I think when you talk about best tackles in football, I think Williams' name uh, comes up. Brendan wants to know, has Urban Meyer ruined his reputation? I I would say yes. At the very least, he has tarnished it. That is for damn sure. Ruined it? Um, That's a very interesting Adjective. Yeah, I would say he probably has. And that is our Crowd Ultra QA. Just go to crowdultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. It's time for Rant. And today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. Hey, if you own a home and you're in the market to buy a new home, Roy is offering a one hour free consultation. That's right, a one-hour free consultation, and all you need to do is go to roysumbrella.com. And in talking with Roy, he sees some big changes ahead as it relates to the housing market. Take advantage of this great opportunity. I have used Roy for a number of years. He is awesome. Just go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com for all of your home loan needs. Well, so much for Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, talking about Antonio Brown when he signed him last year. Quote, if he screws up one time, he's done. I don't know. I would classify lying about your vaccination status and having a fake vaccination card as screwing up, but that's just me. Well, 
Bruce Arians has had a change of heart. Of course, on Sunday, the Buccaneers lost a couple of receivers, including Chris Godwin for the year with an ACL. So what did Arians say about this? Quote, well, the history has changed since that statement. A lot of things went on last year, and I was very proud of him. And I made a decision that was best for our football team. Translation, I know that Antonio Brown is a nut job. I know that he has let down his teammates everywhere he's been. I know that he does things that he shouldn't be doing time and time again. And I know I said that he will not get another chance if he does something wrong again. But you know what? I need to win my game on Sunday, and I need to win in the playoffs. And so I need that knucklehead on my field, despite the fact that I said that I would not give him another chance if he stepped out of line. That's what that means. Once again, Antonio Brown just keeps on getting chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And here's something I will 100% guarantee you as it relates to Brown. There will be a what's next. There will be a what's next. There will be a time, probably sooner than later, where he once again does something stupid. Then what is Bruce Arians going to say then? Pro sports, man, just win. I'll turn my head the other way when I really need you. You think that if Evans and Godwin had not been hurt on Sunday, that Bruce Arians would be talking like this? I don't know, but I would probably say no. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous holiday weekend. Merry Christmas. Stay safe. And thank you for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.